We are one day away, one day from the Miami Hurricanes playing football again. I'm about to cry actual tears, tears of joy. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dotto, your very happy host, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much on the eve of game day for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Miami Hurricanes will host Bethune Cookman. I know it's not a team that poses like an actual threat to win the game. At least we hope not. But it's going to be our first look at Mario Cristobal on the sidelines. Miami's awesome coaching staff. Canes running through that smoke again for the first time this year. And like, do not take for granted what's happening now at Miami, guys. It's everything from Cristobal highest paid coach now in the ACC, all of his staff, highest, highest paid assistants in the ACC, the ambition that Miami's administration and athletic department is showing, what's being invested in facilities. Like, this is the start of a new era. Let me bring in our very good pal, who joins us most of these Fridays lately. Allhurricanes.com is where you find his work, and also in the Miami Hurricane newspaper. He's actually studied Bethune-Cookman extensively, uh, not that we're going to spend too much time on Bethune, but Luke Cheney is with us. Luke, how are you? I'm doing well. Charged lab- laptop. Good Friday. It's happy Friday once again. Uh, happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. Hey, okay, first and foremost, Luke. So we're going to get a look at Miami 3.30 p.m. on Saturday. And I don't know. I don't think we're going to get a depth chart before then. Maybe we'll get something like the media is going to get something. I don't know, 90 minutes, an hour before kickoff. But as of this conversation we're having on Friday, midday Friday, there is no depth chart. Mario told us on Monday that, you know, he basically didn't want to put something out just for the sake of putting something out which tells me there are a lot of positions where battles are still taking place. Uh, Defensive coordinator Kevin Steele also spoke on Monday, and he basically said depth chart, Smith chart. Those are my words, not his, but he basically said, like, we don't care about depth charts, so we may not actually have one. Uh, You did put out, like, uh, your own predicted depth chart earlier. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've changed anything or changed your mind on anything, because I'd love to know – any final depth chart predictions for you, Luke, starting lineup predictions, especially for positions like wide receiver and linebacker, where I've got some questions. Yeah, so at I'm, I'm staying pretty consistent with what I initially had, uh, assuming avail- availability wise, assuming everyone is there, which, you know, just given the unsure nature of what this week has been, the there could be some room for error with availability reasons, but um, assuming everyone is is healthy and available, uh, I do feel confident with having Jacoby George as a Z receiver and then having Keyshawn Smith as an X receiver with Xavier Restrepo in the slot. Staying pretty consistent with that. I've seen nothing to really waver me from that. Um, you know, we, we did see Jacoby George 
in that scout team uniform earlier this week in the one practice we were allowed to watch, which was just a warm up, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so what that means, not exactly sure, yeah. but uh, assuming or just for the, for the, for the sake of, uh, for the sake of this, um, we'll say Jacoby George is, is active and playing. And if he is, I expect him to start. What, what if he isn't, uh, if, if he isn't active, who do you think would start in his place? I will say Michael Redding because he has really come on strong throughout fall. Um, and I mean, really come on strong. Staff is really impressed with him. He is a very, very smart receiver. He is, I, I remember hearing about his major before he, came, well, he enrolled at Miami, which is one of the reasons why he came to, uh, came to Miami is some mechanical engineering or aerospace engineering major. Oh, he's smart. <laughs> very smart dude. Smart, way smarter than me. Um, and he is, has really picked the, the, the playbook. Well, uh, has been very consistent in that room. He has, we all know about his physical attributes. We just, I've just wanted him to, you know, really just pull it all or we've like been waiting for him to start waiting to see him just really, you know, pull it all together. And he's really started to, to do that. And, if he starts, I expect him to be a, a consistent wideout in that room. He's he's really done a good job. And then you also mentioned uh, linebackers. linebackers. Yeah, linebackers. I predicted Steed at the starting weak side uh, as a starting weak side linebacker. I'm going to stick with that. Um, I It was really a toss-up between him and Keontre Smith right there. I just thought more veteran experience – uh, leadership capabilities. I went with Steed, uh, Mike, Caleb Johnson. I feel pretty confident with that. I don't think they'll bring in bring him in not to start him. That's the only one, and we're not going to know until we know. But that's yeah. the only one that I I disagree with you on, and yeah. I have to against my own logic on this because Caleb Johnson, I feel like, is the best linebacker on the team. I, I feel like that, and I think he's had a pretty good camp, but. I keep coming back to the name Corey Flagg. Like, I, I keep coming back to that, and I think there's more. And, yeah, um, Charlie Strong was very complimentary of Flagg. Uh, that, that, that's one thing. You could say, hey, coaches are always going to be complimentary. But I don't know. So, some of the – like, I, I spoke – this is on the record, so I, I can bring it up. But I, I interviewed uh, last week on WQAM Joe Zagaki, who's the play-by-play voice, and, and he, he told me he expects Flagg to start – uh, so that, that and listen again, again, like I'm I'm not arguing with you for the sake of arguing because I feel like Caleb Johnson's the best linebacker on the team, but I also feel like Corey Flag is Thanos. He's inevitable. Like you can't bench this guy. Apparently, yeah. Um, I like I've always said with Flag, super smart guy, great leader, super awesome guy to have in that room, but he is limited in his yeah. physical abilities. He's his small. These small athletic abilities, and it's not to slight him. It's just it is what it is. Uh, those were weaknesses of, of his when Miami recruited him, and that's why I'm a little hesitant to really peg Flag into a too deep spot. But regardless, if he starts or if he doesn't, I do expect him to play, and I do expect him to play a vital role in that linebacker room. He's if he doesn't start, he's a terrific depth piece to have, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So okay. Full fall camp in the books now. Um, mm. I, I think I, I really wanted to dive into this, you and me, because, you know, when you talk to fans, they're just they're excited to see certain players, right? First game of the season, 
Like, if, I'll give you a few guys that I'm especially pumped for. Some of these are old faces. Some of these are new faces. Um, I think Jalen Knighton is going to have a monster year. Um, I don't. I don't know. I hope he doesn't have to play a whole lot against Bethune Cookman. But I think even if he only plays a quarter, quarter and a half. Uh, I, I think Jalen Knighton is going to end up with 100 all-purpose yards. I think he'll have a couple of big catches, probably break out a couple of big runs, maybe score a touchdown. I think he's going to have a monster, monster year. Uh, you know my guy, uh, Daryl Jackson. I'm looking forward you know, to seeing him. He's been really consistent uh, at the line of scrimmage at defensive tackle throughout fall camp. Um, you know, Mesador, there, there's a lot of guys on the defensive line that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing. And then another one I'll throw in there, Luke, is uh, Al Blades Jr., right? Because he's he's worked out pretty much everywhere. He He's a Swiss Army knife in that defensive secondary. Been working mostly as a safety, where Miami is very deep. He can also play nickel, can play corner, can play the star position. Uh, he's done some work there. And we just haven't seen a whole lot of Al Blades because he's had such bad luck with injuries and, and myocarditis the last couple of years. And he's Al freaking Blades Jr. So I'm always I'm going to love that kid forever. So the, the, those are some of the players that I'm especially looking forward to watching tomorrow. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do want to see how Al Blades really mixes within the defense, you know, brought in as a cornerback, made the switch over to safety. He's playing some star, really can move him anywhere along that defensive backfield and I really want to see where Miami ends up lining him up. One player who I really, really want to see, especially after these past couple weeks is Malik Curtis. He is someone that whenever you ask a coach or a player about Curtis, their face just glows up. He has developed so well, according to them and according to, you know, what we see throughout fall camp, he's he's just come along so well. Tyler Van Dyke even mentioned that he doesn't like throwing to his side of the field. It's yeah, which is just a raving compliment to get from such a good quarterback like him. He is so fast. He is such an athletically gifted player. I think it was either Tyreek Stevenson or Cameron Kitchen who mentioned that Malik Curtis is oftentimes the fastest player on the field for Miami, which is something to really you know, look at because oftentimes he's on the field with a guy like Brashard Smith, who we all know about and how fast Smith is. And Crystal Ball also mentioned that Millie Curtis has been one of the more reliable return guys that Miami has really used, which comes to, uh, which, which is good news for a lot of fans because a lot of people have wanted to see Millie Curtis in that returning role, given that he did a lot of that in high school. So if that's the case, that definitely looks like a win for Miami. Uh, in that regard, but yeah, Malik Curtis is just such a dynamic athlete. He's such a, a good player to have in that defensive back room, and he's someone that I really want to see more from uh, on Saturday. I'll, I'll throw in uh, a, a couple more, and I know you and I are on the same page on this one. Nigelie Kelly, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching him. And listen, I I would assume, and Cristobal, of course, would never say this before the game. He was asked a question uh, this week about, hey, do you want to get like a bunch of backups in there? Which, I mean, you had to know that's not a question you asked Mario. He was like, no, did not want to disrespect Bethune-Cookman. Coach, you don't have to. I will. Uh, I think Miami's going to see two, three deep in this game. So I'm looking forward to watching Jake Garcia. Um, and, and like, Luke, how many quarterbacks do you think we might see tomorrow? Like, do you think we might even get a third one in there? And if we get a third one, do you think Cristobal would go Matoka, 
over Jakari Brown because like Matoka's been around for so long. It's like, all right, we got to throw this guy a bone and give him some PT. I think actually if Miami goes three deep, I think we will see Jakari Brown. I, I, I really do. I think now in what capacity, I'm not sure if that includes him just handing the ball off. Okay, that suffices. Um, but I I, I really think that if, if Miami wants to give Brown any game reps this year, it'll be against Bethune-Cookman. He well, Brown has taken those 11-on-11 reps in practice. Um, he's developed more and more throughout fall camp. And while he's in no way ready for serious game action, it wouldn't be the worst idea to just mix him in, get his feet wet against a weaker opponent when the game is already decided. So I think we definitely could see Brown play. Um, really excited to see how Jake Garcia fares if he does receive that playing time, which we all expect that he will uh, at some point in the game. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen Garcia in game action. It was Really, he's only played one game and he's, he looked pretty good during that game. So, um, it's and that's that's really what Garcia needs. Um, Garcia's weaknesses as a quarterback, uh, really revolve around when he's kind of dazzled or, or frazzled a little bit when the pocket starts to, uh, to collapse. Uh, Garcia needs to show more composure in those instances, and the only way you can practice that and the only way you can improve on that is in an actual game like setting. So I, I think game reps are really important for Garcia, and um, it's really important for Miami to get the game out of reach early, so you could get or you could give Garcia an adequate amount of reps. Well, this is good stuff. We're going to continue the conversation, so keep it locked right here. We'll have some keys to the game coming up, including I've got to pick Luke's brain about uh, the most dangerous player on Bethune Cookman. I, I think this is a guy who could test Miami's coverage a little bit. So mm -hmm. I do want to get to that and more. We're going to give you score predictions as well. And I can tell you one thing. I don't know if Luke has the guts, but I have the guts. I will explain what I mean after we talk about the importance of driving sober, my friends. Are you one of those people that thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen, right? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. So stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Thanks for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now, for your second listen later on, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into the Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 in your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Dono joined by Luke Cheney right here on Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So uh, Bethune-Cookman, they've got a really, really talented tight end. Do you think uh, now if they actually have, you know, hopefully Miami's defensive line just doesn't even give them time to throw the football, but he mm -hmm. could test Miami's linebackers and safeties in coverage. Six, seven Bethune-Cookman tight end, Kamari Everett is legit. He is very, very, very good. And I'm, I'm not just saying that to, you know, kind of hoist Bethune Cookman up. Like, no, this is a legit NFL prospect. He's going to be up third to fifth round pick in next year's NFL draft. 
he's assuming everything goes well this season, he's very good. He's very good. He was their top receiver last year. He had 51 catches for 876 yards and 10 touchdowns last season for the Wildcats, which was by far the most on the team. He is just a freak, to be completely honest. He's just a freak. Runs the field so well at 6'7", can rack up yards after the catch. Big-time vertical threat, big-time uh, lob pass threat as well. Uh, really good at coming down with contested catches. He was someone that, you know, will test Miami's Miami secondary, no doubt. I really want to see who Miami really matches onto him. I think that the linebackers in particular, I don't know if they're as athletic to really guard a player like Everett. So I'm thinking we could see a lot of uh, Gilbert Frierson on Everett, um, some James Williams on Everett. Yeah, I, I, I think I think James would would be good, and and Gil, Gil as well. But James for his size, because he's he's oh, yeah. almost he's almost as tall as Everett. Yeah, size wise, Williams is Miami's best uh, matchup for Everett. But he's he's a terrific player. Someone that is is is, is good that Miami's playing week one. You know, yeah. I mean, this the, the should be in a, a pretty easy game for Miami to win, but it's it's good that certain positions will be tested and, and one of the positions that will be tested will likely be that safety position because Everett's an absolute stud. Let me give you guys uh, my big keys to the game. I'll see if Luke has any to add to this. Uh, number one, um, you know, this, this is clear for any game, but especially when you're facing FCS competition and it's kind of like a preseason game, no injuries, get out of this thing as healthy as you possibly can. I know it's football. It's a violent sport. Things happen. Um, you know, Miami did pretty well getting through fall camp. Obviously, Trevante Citizen, a notable exception, and Don Chaney's going to miss some time. Other than that, they had some guys banged up who got through it who should be okay. Like Will Mallory is good to go. Don Chaney, or sorry, not, not Chaney, Jalen Knighton is good to go after being banged up during camp. So there's been some good and some bad. Uh, try not to get anybody hurt this week. Um, big one for me, Luke, because people will ask, when you go up against a team like Bethune-Cookman, you know, last year it was Central Connecticut. Some years it's FAMU, you know, teams that turn up on Miami's schedule every now and then, FCS team. Like, how can you actually tell if Miami is actually playing well or if they're just, you know, more talented, right? For me, you've got to dominate the line of scrimmage. I think that's going to tell us something. Like, show us how much better this offensive line really is. Right. Very experienced. A lot of the same personnel from last year, but they've got some pieces who are going to be NFL players on that offensive line. I want them to be bullying the line of scrimmage. Bully, bully, bully. And I expect it to happen on the defensive line. I mean, Miami is like three deep at, at tackle and edge on the D line. So I'm expecting them to, to be creating constant pressure. So that's number two for me, Luke. And then number three, and I think this is really important because now, if Miami is getting good push on the offensive line, there could be a temptation just to run the football, run the football. But I think it's important for Tyler Van Dyke to, to make TVD and Garcia and whoever else plays to, uh, to really emphasize the passing game at times because I want to give these wide receivers some confidence, Luke. I, I want to I give these guys opportunities to make some easy catches and create some yak because we need these guys with their heads held high in a couple weeks. Yeah, I completely agree with you, especially on well, what you mentioned as far as the trenches. Miami could win this game easily just off skill positions alone. Yeah. Right? They can win big just based off that, like what we saw last season against Central Connecticut. What I really want to see, as you mentioned, Miami just dominate the trenches. 
And I mean dominate, especially because Bethune-Cookman, they lost a lot of their returning starters or they, they lost a lot of starters on their front seven from last season. And even then, Bethune-Cookman front seven last season wasn't that good. So that is a defense and a, a D-line and linebackers that mining should dominate. That's what I'm looking to see. Another key to the uh, key to the game for me, get the young guys in as soon as possible because these are valuable reps. You don't know when you might need to use some of these younger players later in the season if there are more injuries that come about. Hopefully not, but it's something that could happen, especially in football. Get these young players in as soon as possible. Let them have their game, their game reps, especially on the D-line, the linebackers, the defensive back room, on the O-line. These players who haven't really played in the college level before in game, let them play, see how they play, decide some of the three deep, four deep position battles that may be still going on and let that uh, competition still go on on the field and just walk away with an easy victory. Like you said, no injuries, especially to that running back room because they cannot afford any more injuries because – Wow. By the way, do, do do you think the new guy might play a little bit tomorrow, Lucius Stanley? Because he's he's only he's been on the team for less than a week. I I think he might get a few reps tomorrow, or or do you think it's just too soon? Because he literally got here like a few days ago. I, I think he could receive some reps. I mean, not, nothing. I, I I don't expect Miami to really show too much of their playbook tomorrow, especially in the run game. Um, so if if Stanley does get some reps, it'll just be some simple. Some simple power dives, some simple inside zone actions. Nothing too crazy, nothing too elaborate. Maybe just some reps to uh, take the pressure off a Thad Franklin or, or Henry Parrish. But I'm, I'm curious to see how he fits into the offense. He's, he's a talented player, no doubt. Yeah, Cristobal had good things to say about him. And, and for those who maybe didn't see that news this week, uh, the Hurricanes did bring in a, a very late uh, transfer transfer portal edition running back Lucius Stanley, formerly of UAB. Uh, he's he's got good size. Like he's uh, he's not quite as big as Thad Franklin, but he could give Miami a power option. He's got some bursts as well. Uh, he's probably going to play a lot of special teams this year. So we'll see how much work Lucius Stanley, the newest Miami Hurricane, gets this week. Um, so Luke. Can you give me a predicted score, and and can can you give me some guts here? Because I uh, now you, you and I were both staff members at AllHurricanes.com, and the full staff, like more than a half dozen of us, gave our our predictions, including scores for this game. And I kid you not, when I predicted sixty-two to seven, without having seen anyone else's prediction, I thought I was being a little conservative. Like I thought, oh, you know what? I don't want to like make my score too big to jinx Miami. And like I, I'm a history buff, okay. And I look at you know the, the last handful of of FCS teams Miami has faced. Uh, not to say that these teams are all created equal, but this is just an example for me. You know, Miami put up 69 against Central Connecticut last year. They scored 63 against Bethune, same team. You know, some of the different players. Obviously, 2019 they scored 77 against Savannah State a few years ago. And those games were with Manny Diaz and Mark Richt as the head coach. So I feel like now in this new era, Miami might score 80. Like I'm just saying, but my prediction was 62 to 7. What's yours? I am sticking with my no guts prediction uh, in all in the All Hurricanes article. I'm sticking with, I think I said 56 to 10. I think I know, I know. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing it. Uh, and that's just based off that I do think that Tim Cookman will be a lot better than they were last year. Uh, the Wildcats were a two-win team. They have some weapons. 
they, they really do, aside from Everett, I really like the running back, uh, Quishon or Quishon Bird. And sorry for mispronouncing his name. Very good back. Uh, they also have Daryl Powell, 6'4", vertical threat down the field. They have good weapons. Um, the quarterback, Jalen Jones, played some in Jackson State, was an, actually an original signee of Florida. Um, he's good. I see them. I see Bethune Cookman reaching that seven to ten point mark. I I, I, I said ten because because why not? Um, and then I have Miami, a safe conservative fifty six points. Oh man, you know I, I was just thinking something. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do an, a second episode today because I wanted to go through some preseason betting odds, but at the same time I also want to talk some recruiting. So you know what? This is gonna be a multi episode day. I'm calling it right now. I, I am. I am the uh, I don't even know if I'm the CEO of Locked on Canes because I am part of a network, but I'm like the executive vice president of Locked. I'm making an executive decision. We're going to have another episode because I've got to talk some recruiting with Luke Cheney right after this. Keep it locked. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods available free on YouTube. Guys, remember, we have a goal by September 17th, that's the day of the Texas A&M game, we want to hit 5,000 subscribers. We're over 4,600 on YouTube. We're doing great. But, guys, let's reach that goal, 5K. If you've been watching these shows and you haven't hit subscribe, what are you waiting for? Hit it. Share with your friends, any Canes fans in your life. Tell them to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Luke Cheney from All Hurricanes is nice enough to join me. So uh, some interesting uh, stuff the last couple days, Luke. So – Four-star running back, Chris Johnson from Dillard, just got a new crystal ball yesterday, but I hadn't had a chance to talk about it yet. Got a new crystal ball logged yesterday for Miami, and it comes from the Grim Reaper, Steve Wiltfong. Fong is rarely wrong, and he logged a new crystal ball, Christopher Johnson for Miami. On a similar note, uh, apparently uh, Gabby Yerudia, who covers Miami for 24-7, I think is about to log a crystal ball for Johnson to Miami. And he's also about to log a crystal ball for Damari Brown, four-star cornerback out of heritage to Miami. So obviously crystal balls are, they're just predictions, nothing set in stone, but I think we're seeing more of that second wave possibly happen in here, Luke. Yeah. And those are two positions of need in Miami's 2023 recruiting class. There's no running back there. And Chris Johnson, I've mentioned before, he is awesome. He is just a terrific player, terrific scheme fit. Uh, he's going to do pretty much everything that Jalen Nine does and brings to the offense. And uh, he's just a great athlete and a great offensive weapon to add if Miami is able to add him. And then you mentioned with uh, Damari Brown, super physical, uh, built corner as is, 6'1", 6'2", 180. It's rare that a cornerback coming out of high school is 180 already. So yeah, good to see someone that could potentially play early if he does come to Miami. And given that there's only one defensive back and Rob Stafford only uh, in Miami's 2023 uh, class, Damari Brown would be a terrific addition uh, coming from Heritage, a place where Miami's had struggle recruiting, especially in the past few years, especially uh, in, at defensive back. Tamari Brown would be a great addition to add. And and speaking of heritage, uh, we talked about this on the show yesterday. There 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 seems to be some momentum for a couple of possible flips. Uh, mm-hmm. You know this this is not new today. We talked about this yesterday with John Garcia. But guys, definitely keep your eyes open and be looking out for 
Mark Fletcher, one of the top running backs in the class, and uh, Brandon Innes, one of the arguably the top receiver in the class. Uh, they're both verbally committed to Ohio State, both American Heritage guys, and, and there seems to be some buzz that Miami is in constant contact with these players and uh, and trying to flip them from Ohio State, and that's that's just the game, guys. Other teams are trying to flip Miami commits. Miami's trying to flip other teams' commits. I'm sure Francis Maui Goa's phone is ringing off the hook. I will kindly ask him again, please change your phone number, Francis, because I don't want other programs to be calling you. But So we'll, we'll, we'll see if Miami can get some of these. Uh, Luke, can't thank you enough, my man, for joining me, especially putting in that work studying Bethune-Cookman. I will see you, sir, in the press box tomorrow. Yes, I will uh, see you tomorrow. It's going to be a very fun day. Good stuff. Make sure you check out his work, allhurricanes.com. Follow him on Twitter at Luke underscore Chaney4. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in. And guys, remember, we will have more content coming out before tomorrow's game, including your final chance to uh, to maybe play some wagers and look at some odds preseason for Miami. That's going to be brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So we will talk to you again, probably again today, probably again tomorrow as well on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.